1: it doesn't matter one bit in the universe compared to trying to reach someone and, like, and, and figure out what makes them tick.
0: Welcome to Hustle & Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who have started multiple businesses together. And yes, it is as messy as you think. Because we know that starting a business isn't easy. I mean,
2: we've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey.
0: And we love helping small businesses succeed. Whether that is through our venue consulting, speaking, or team training, we love to motivate others to take that big leap.
2: Or you could just use our misadventures to normalize the crazy that is being an entrepreneur. Because every entrepreneur makes mistakes.
0: But we like to call those unsuccessful attempts around here.
2: And we know it's just part of the process, and today we're learning from Billy Warden. Billy is a media marketing exec and co-founder of GBW Strategies, who's worked for some of the world's most recognized brands, including Facebook, Sierra Nevada, and Uber. Billy's work has earned nominations and or trophies from the Tully's for Advertising, the Pollies for Public Affair, and the Southeast Regional Emmys. His journalism has appeared in, and among others, the Los Angeles Times, FastCompany.com, Our State, and Walter Magazine. He's a TEDx speaker and a longtime frontman of the glam rock band, The Floating Children. Billy, welcome to Hustle and Gather.
1: I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So excited. We
0: are so excited to have you. Um, I know Sarah's like so stoked. She's like, you're just going to talk forever, the two of you. It's so <laughs> interesting. So we're mm-hmm. so excited to dive in. Um, so why don't you start off, tell us a little bit about, you know, like what got you to here.
2: Yeah, your background, yeah. journalism, et cetera.
1: Journalism is really the thing that to me... Um, was always what I wanted to do when I found out that journalists can knock on any door, mm-hmm. ask any question, and it's all in bounds for them. Like yeah. a, you can put your nose into anybody else's business.
2: So you're just nosy. I'm just nosy. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you
1: know, as human beings, we're all the thing that separates us, you know, makes us human is an intense, you know, curiosity mm-hmm. about how the world works. Like, what's that big blazing ball up in the sky? Where does mm-hmm. it go at night? What's how, What makes this person right over here tick? What does this person want from me? How do mm-hmm. I make this person happy? Just everything from the biggest questions to super granular one-on-one you know, contact were insatiably curious. And mm-hmm. the idea that there was a way that you could make a living by indulging that and taking that further than just day-to-day was like always like super exciting uh to me so that was the first thing that that I started to do in my career was journalism in print
2: is this like right out of high school college or like
1: yeah no right be, before so yeah. a lot of stuff in high school like okay. when I was in high school I was writing for the uh, alternative rock magazines mm-hmm. in the in the <laughs> in the town and uh you know, going to shows that I was too young to get into, yeah, and mm. and talking to folks who, to me, were like the biggest rock stars on the planet, like the Ramones. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that, who I just adored, and being able to spend, follow them in their tour bus. To their uh, hotel, and then hijack them on the way into the hotel, and then have them like hang out in the parking lot and talk for three hours. Wow, <laughs> nice. was you know, fan- you know, it so was this like- was in high school. This was in high school. Were you yeah. not
2: the coolest person in high school no, then? With I all wasn't. these stories, even with the Ramones on really? my side, I
1: was far from the coolest person yeah. in high school. <laughs> but I was having a great mm-hmm. time, and like, uh, oh yeah, this journalism thing is is amazing. And so in college, I uh, was doing the same thing and doing a lot of freelance writing, and then ended up at the News and Observer as a features reporter. You know, daily papers are still wonderful things and everybody should read their newspaper and support their newspaper. Back when I started doing it, it was really like a golden age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let this be a lesson to you and to all the viewers at home okay. that you don't know that you're in a golden age, yes. you know, until it's gone. I right? know. Right, I know. right. Isn't that one of those things about life? So try to appreciate every moment because it might be as good as it gets. Mm. <laughs> Scary I statics. think that's true. <laughs> but this is like a golden age of journalism. And to knock on any door and, and call anybody and have them call you back and be interested in talking to you was fantastic. So I had a great time doing that. And then wrote, was writing kind of stories that were very visual and had a lot of attitude and uh, were very much out to entertain. Yeah. Really uh, enjoy entertain. I enjoy being entertained. Mm-hmm. And if I enjoy it, then and I feel like oh, I would try to give that back. Right. And, like be entertaining. Yeah. And so I was trying to do that a lot with the journalism. That sat well with some folks. And then other folks were like, sure. he doesn't really seem like a newspaper person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of the old school folks. And so I had an editor. And you, and everyone needs to should have a mentor like this, mm-hmm. somebody who supports you and and then can tell you things straight up. And mm-hmm. you guys obviously have those folks in your life to yeah. have done all the things that you've done. But she's Marion Gregory, she was a tough talking newspaper woman. She's passed away, but she was always smoking, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted if you wanted to buttonhole her and you didn't see her in her office, you knew she'd be outside having a cigarette. And you yeah. could go down and you could talk to her and she'd be like more relaxed than she would be when she returned <laughs> to her office. Well, one day she said to me, like you know, these stories are just getting wilder and wilder. Why don't you go to Hollywood? <laughs> Why don't you go out? What are you doing here? Go to Hollywood. So uh, your Marion was right about everything. So so you went to Hollywood. Yes, when I got married to my wonderful wife, Lucy Inman, who had been a writer, too, and was uh, just out of law school. Then we went to Los Angeles. Okay. That's where I started working in cable television, mostly for E! Entertainment Networks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this was another golden age. It was, it was
2: a I know. 90s Whatever cable. happened, I know. <laughs> oh.
0: I think it's still there. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's still there. It's different than it's different. it was, yeah, but it
0: was so good back then. It
1: was so great, yeah, I know. Yes, in I the nineties, and you, you had E, you had VH1, of course uh-huh. MTV. Big right. huge yeah, in the eighties yeah, yeah, continues right. to be huge in the nineties. Yeah, it was a great, wide open, wild mm-hmm, west mm-hmm. Uh, to be creative, and I was super lucky to be at E because you know my job was kind of like make up new shows and. Mm-hmm launch new shows and then try to make up another show mm. and get that launched. So it was just great. It was yeah. so fun and while I was making up new shows I was also working with Joan Rivers on yeah. the red carpet fashion shows.
2: Okay. That sounds amazing.
1: It well, it was especially because I knew nothing about fashion. Yeah. I was the like least fashionable person in the fashion industry. I saw you look at like I what know, I was but wearing. You look nice, but like, like you look very fashionable. <laughs> well, I learned fashionable. something from Joan. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You can't work with Joan Rivers for eight years on fashion and not be like brow beaten just sort right. of trying to get some yeah, sense okay. about it. Yeah. But uh, she was she was a great boss. Mm. She always just went for everything she wanted to do. She she went at it full blast. Mm. And so I thought, oh, those are those are good lessons too.
2: Yeah. But so what did you do that. for Joan? Like what? What yeah. were you doing at that point? Yeah,
1: good I, Good question. So for Joan, I was a producer mm-hmm. and and then later an executive producer and then a writer, too. So I started out in cable
0: okay.
1: as a writer, mm-hmm. and that meant it was totally different than writing for print, right? So right. especially like writing for Joan, it's like we were writing one-liners and jokes and like, you know, we'd right. we'd watch the Oscars. And how we would do the shows is— Joan would go down and do the red carpet like in front of the Oscars, right? What are you who are you wearing? Who are you right. wearing? Yeah. And, you know, and hopefully she she said something that was a little uh, odd wow. to one of the celebrities yeah. <laughs> who would right. react to it, you know, right. and and people tuned in to e and, you know, mm-hmm. big yeah. huge numbers to see that happen. Oh yeah. Then we would Joan would leave the Oscars once it got started and the red carpet thing was over and we would go to a hotel suite and we watch the the show itself. And we'd see all the fashion again and Joan and she had these two writers, one of whom had created Hollywood Squares. You remember Hollywood yeah, Squares? Yes, <laughs> I Squares. do. And yeah. then another one who has like had written for all like the great comedians of that era, Joan, like Phyllis Diller and David Brenner and like, you know, all the all those great comics then. And the E team, me and um, uh, some other great people, Alex Duda, and Mira Chung, and others. We would sit around and just make fun of all the celebrities, you know, when they shot them in the and they yeah. shot them in the audience or when they came on stage, you know, it's all be about well, that's who That's super could, fun. Yes, who could like gang up on mm-hmm. them with the zingers. And then so we'd leave there probably with like I don't know, 17,000 jokes okay. that were right. all recorded on a little tape recorder, right. Right? right? And then we would transcribe all the jokes mm-hmm. and we'd have a meeting the next morning and say, okay, now we're going to do our fashion review special. And then so we'd cull down those 17,000 jokes into an hour of jokes and zingers, which was probably, I don't know, like maybe 200. Okay. And then we'll go on television and then, you know, the calls would start coming in. Like, I can't believe I that you said that mm-hmm. about that wonderful, Gwyneth Paltrow was adorable. Yeah. And for, <laughs> for Joan to have said that about her is <sighs> terrible. Yeah. (laughs) So as a producer, you get some of those calls. Sure. You get routed to you. So
0: I mean, um, I felt that sometimes some of the things I was like, I don't agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Good.
1: (laughs) I mean, that was the that was sort of the that was the point, right? That's right. And that was like a big lesson was that I remember one lady called and she must have been related to the president of the network because I don't know why it was so important that I was like he I got flagged. I was on the hallway and they said go back to your desk and just send you this call. So I called, it was like a lady from Iowa who was just outraged about something that, that Joan, Joan said. Joan had said. She said during the call toward the end, she said, and that's not the only terrible thing she said. She was saying terrible things about everyone and I watched the whole two hours and it was all terrible. Mm-hmm. She watched the whole two hours. Yeah, yes. right. yeah, yeah right. that's do, Thanks turn for the rating. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So when you saw something, you yes. disagreed. It wasn't like you were like, Oh, that stupid fashion show on E, I'm going to turn it to VH1 or MTV.
0: No. You watch it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: watch it you get mad at it. And mm-hmm. then it comes on again and you'll be watching it again when we do the mm-hmm. Emmys or the Grammys or whatever. Right. So it was a marketing lesson. Sure. And yes, it would be great if everybody yeah. loved you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to get everybody to talk about you. Yeah. Right maybe i mean but that, that
2: wasn't joan like that wasn't ever her mission to get everybody that, to But was that but her. i guess the question is yeah. was
0: that really her like was she really someone as controversial as she was or was that kind of like what you said a marketing move a shtick for her to cuz she wanted people to talk about her and to, and you're absolutely right to get someone to talk about you you cannot be PC all the time. You cannot be the get along person. Everyone necessarily loves you. Everything you say. Right. There has to be some controversies like stuck in there. Yeah, yeah safe right. controversy, I should say.
1: Well, so that's like, that's a thread, the needle that everybody has to thread. Yes, especially today. Like we didn't have oh, yeah. social media, right. in the nineties. And I
0: could just, you imagine? You know, the Lord.
1: Lord. <laughs> <Right>. I know. <laughs> I cannot.
2: <laughs> right. That was a golden age that we didn't know we were yes, living yes, in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was gone. A <laughs> good one. Yeah.
1: Right. But. So that, I mean, that's a great point. So mm-hmm. you, you know, authenticity is a big deal. Right. And Joan was, was, all, you know, pretty much always Joan, you know, mm-hmm. she, you know, uh, she'd be going less at, wouldn't be machine gun fire all sure, the time, sure. you know, but she was, she was always shooting off uh, zingers. Yeah. I and and she totally understood the value of the buzz and yeah. mm-hmm. as, as did like the whole network.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I well, that sounds like a wild time.
1: That was a wild time. And then. Um,
2: so, what brought you back?
1: Well, we uh, well we started with the babies. The babies? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The My children. Wife, Lucy and I. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lucy yeah. had a great law career going out in Los Angeles. And she had been on court TV, which is another cable mm, yeah. explosion. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was having a great time. And then we were blessed with uh, having kids. And LA was going to be a tough place to, uh, raise to raise the kids. Yeah. So. Uh, we came back to Raleigh, which we had both always enjoyed.
2: So what year was this? Oh, oh, I don't know. This was
1: like 2002. Okay. Yeah, and came back, and I got it. You know, coming back to Raleigh, I mean, obviously, there was a big need for, mm-hmm. like, a red carpet producer of zingers of course. Yes, in Raleigh. There I mean, it was a it's huge market for Huge them. market. <laughs> yeah, you
2: walked right into that job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Must have been very individually no, tailor-made sure. for you.
1: <laughs> so I leaned into... Journalism, but I didn't necessarily want to become a reporter again. Although it's a fantastic line of work, I felt like I had done that, and so got into public relations and marketing, uh, which also involves like lots of storytelling. Yeah, Yeah. and that has been very uh, gratifying and exciting and fulfilling uh, Mm -hmm. because of stories. Because also because, at least when you in your your client's world, Mm -hmm. you have the right to go in and ask questions right. to nose around mm-hmm. to try to understand things that you go into the account not understanding need to understand and then need to help some audience out there mm-hmm. understand so again you know that that mm-hmm. uh, that curiosity yeah yeah so is yeah, this is well, the I,
2: beginning of the gb W.
1: I worked with Rocket, Burkhead, and Winslow, okay. which was a an agency that's no longer around, but it was a terrific agency with uh, lots of good creative people. Then over to Capstrat, another public relations firm. Okay. Then onto a wacky, wacky startup mm-hmm. called Zoom Culture. And-
2: our, not related to the current Zoom that we know today.
1: Right? And not related yeah. to that, not related to the kids' show, which was super mm-hmm. cool from the 70s or mm-hmm. 80s, if you remember that. But our our idea was, this is in the early 2000s, that we would take cameras, small little cameras. They, there was some advancement in cameras. Not like the iPhones today, but right. like there was some advancement in cameras. They were cheap. They were high quality. We would send them. To thousands of college kids, Zoom directors across the nation, who would then record the things that they found interesting in their lives.
2: This sounds very dangerous. Like, (laughs) what? Who's ideal? Bingo.
1: And that we would take their content. This sounds
2: like liability in a lawsuit (laughs) waiting to
1: happen. (laughs) We would take their content. And make it into TV shows. So Mm -hmm. you
2: sat down in front of someone and they said, hey, I have this idea. You should be a part of it.
1: Well, I didn't come up with the idea. I was pitched on the idea. I'm just saying. And I thought it was a good idea.
2: What? (laughs) I thought there was something there. Let's try it. But these are small, discreet cameras you could take anywhere that you're giving to college students so they could record their day-to-day lives. we saw some
1: terrible things. Yeah,
2: I'm (laughs) sure you did.
1: (laughs) And, you know, there's a whole... For to, the, the, all these kids have grown up now into elected officials and things. I'm okay, sure well, if we went yes. back into yes. that file, no. <laughs> we'd we have a lot on all of them. Ugh. But we tried to organize them like, okay, you're gonna, you like kind of extreme sports, or you like, you know, sports. So let's do like a jackass kind of show okay. about goofy sports. You like to party? That was kind of like all of them. Right. Let's make a show about college kids partying, and we'll Mm -hmm. position it as like low budget party. Like how to have a great time on no budget. Okay. Uh, Let's do a hip hop show. You know, let's do like a punk rock show. And it's my job to to supervise the content being create. Take this crazy content and turn it into twenty minute episodes that that actually fit a theme. Is
0: this like in the height of real world road rolls reality TV? So it's. It's a less produced. It's a it's a real it's right. actual reality authentic authentic, authentic which is, just yeah. is what it used is to be. Real street yes. life, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. like
1: yeah, yeah, like cops. The old show cops right. yeah, yeah, like yeah, on yeah. the street. You mm-hmm. know, right. different than watching like Columbo. That's a that's what we were trying to do. Yeah, okay. and you know we did land uh, shit. we did land some deals with NBC and VH1, and that was all great. But hmm. to your point it was just way too like top heavy like right. you could never get the legs under that right. premise yeah. when you have all these zoom directors you're supposed to manage sending in all this footage, ninety nine point five percent of which is unusable. Yeah. Uh, so, how would you get
2: the releases for all the people on yeah. these cameras? Like, well, how do you go back I and mean, like? I know. mean, it was
0: probably super loose back then. I would assume.
1: No, well, uh. not really. But legal was <laughs> yeah. not my department. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we got we got some deals, and yeah. the company was afloat for like maybe two years or so. Yeah. Okay. But it was. I mean, it was a great another Wild West sort of mm-hmm. adventure of mm-hmm. how how far can we push the limits yeah. and. And what can we get out of it? And then big lesson in investors. Like when I was a journalist right. and when I worked at E, I never went and talked to the investors. But to have to go and, and present yeah. on a... On so there's a,
2: people that invested in this concept too.
1: Yes, and I'm not going to mention who they are, but they yeah. are, they mm-hmm. still are very active investors nice. in the market. okay,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's super interesting about your story, and it kind of segues a little bit into it, what you are doing now and kind of where like when... The story we were talking about earlier was really your approach to journalism. Is you're putting yourself. It's you're not just telling a story. You're not just interviewing somebody, right? You're you are definitely having those conversations. But what you like to do is actually go and live for a day in that person, like your example. You're talking about being a drag queen for a day or yeah. being in the nudist colony for a day, and like yeah. and having that experience is you're taking that concept of walk a mile in my shoes, almost. To a whole different level. So you can talk a little about like, where that approach came from and like where that kind of spark of inspiration came from.
1: I love experiential journalism, mm-hmm. first-person journalism, where you find a topic that you want to investigate through your own eyes you know, with other people who sure. are involved in it because mm-hmm. you want to tell their stories. and. Yep. But also like share like what that was like, and so I'm super lucky to have supportive publishers like mm-hmm. the folks at Walter uh, Magazine. They published the the nudist piece that yeah. you talked about, and the uh, the drag piece, the one and done drag diva for a night uh, piece, and the when I became a pro wrestling manager. Mm-hmm. Um, they have done all those things, and. And gotten a really good response so so people are interested in it. Yeah. In the same way that I'm interested in it, it goes like, kind of goes back to that like curiosity, like, Mm -hmm. so I've lived a few decades. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of know what I like. I have my routines, but is that all there is, you know, to life?
0: Yeah.
1: There's other people everywhere I go who have their own passions, interests, things that make them super happy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live in a nudist colony, Mm -hmm. but- some people do yeah why and and what does that feel like and and hmm. is there something like deeply gratifying about sure, it? like yeah. I don't know I won't know until I try it mm-hmm. and I can share that experience with other folks yeah let's see if they're interested. Oh, they're always interested mm-hmm. you know so um, what's it like to be a drag diva like how do you how, how do you come up with that? Persona, because, like, they're so mm. bigger than life. And, right, yeah. And how do you muster that out of your personality? Right. And then how does it physically all, like, come together?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then
1: when you do that show, how does that
0: mm-hmm. feel?
1: It's like to do a, a show in, like, heels. I don't know because I couldn't master the high heel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was very perilous that uh, five minutes when I tried. Yeah. And, uh, or, you know, being a, the thing about the pro wrestling part was I always loved pro wrestling. Always thought what an insane life. I mean, anybody in the south knows mm-hmm. Ric Flair, Rahu right. McDaniel, sure, right, you right, know right. all those folks. What a crazy life! Even though, as you can see, I'm really built. You and, are. Like, sure. I, know, I was <laughs> thinking. I didn't <laughs> this, think
2: this was this was your jam. <laughs> yeah,
1: I didn't think I, I decided not to actually wrestle, mm. despite my physique. I'm kidding. Yeah. But good. but what what who else is involved in pro wrestling? The managers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the managers are always bad guys. Yeah. Mm. And then so what that story became essentially about was my job is to get up in front of all these people as a bad guy wrestling manager and get everyone in the crowd to hate me to the point where the security guards like have to intervene to keep these folks from like straddling me and strangling me. <laughs> like you, like ever think about that. Like every day we go about our lives I'm going to make people like me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say nice things. Yeah. I'm going to be polite. And at the end of the day, I hope I make new friends. Yeah. Right? Most of us. That's
2: how Dana loves her life.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, to, but to have the license for a night <laughs> to to be like, I'm going to make everyone hate me. I'm going yeah. to say, I'm going to craft these crazy things that I say to these people. And I'm going to do terrible, schemy things.
2: Yeah. That must have been a lot of fun.
1: Well, yes, and it it, maybe it unleashed corners of my psyche (laughs) that I had like put back in the box. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, it it is an an interesting Mm -hmm. experience in terms of exploring who you are, Mm -hmm. and in addition to figuring out who other people are, and, and then maybe becoming a more empathetic person. And it's been good for that. It's been good for like my wife, who I've been married to for like thirty years. I think I tr- I'm, I try to be like more like oh, let me get into her headspace. Yeah, mm-hmm. what what does she really have to deal with every day? Mm-hmm. She's a judge and she lives a very different life than I do.
0: Yeah,
1: What is her day to day experience as a judge. Boy, it's so different than mine. That must make it different than when we finally get back together at the end of the day at six right. o'clock, right? right. Where is she if you guys would from?
2: have an unlimited amount of things to speak about. Because these are <laughs> <We> very <do. laughs> two very different experiences. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, <laughs> yeah. she would
1: tell you that as a judge, she gets to see all these people. And when you come to court, you know, that's maybe one of your lowest moments. Yeah. You yeah. have to appear in court. Yeah. And you you know, you have to listen to both sides mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. So I guess by way of what, what you just said like that that curiosity and mm-hmm. yeah and our success day to day and our ability to be happy depends like so much on being able to mm-hmm. hear other people mm-hmm. really see other people um certainly in the marketing business mm-hmm. yeah with your clients yeah
0: I love that and I think that is so needed right now like in our world like I think and it's weird because I feel like because we have an abundance of information you would think that we could relate to people in a like easier than we did maybe, you know, in the nineties or whatnot. And I feel like it's just, it's actually becoming more of a division. Right. And I love the fact that it's not just, okay, let me tell this one person side of the story, but let me immerse myself into it and let me come up with my own opinions about it. Right. Mm -hmm. As well as understanding this group of people that I'm interacting with. Cause I, I think that's just what's lacking in our world is, is that empathy and that connection and that realization that, we both can be right about something because we both feel passionate about something. Yeah. This is just because I live a different life where I believe something differently, right. Does not make me a bad person or a wrong person or anything like that?
1: Yeah. That, I think that's beautifully said, mm-hmm. right? So, so you take some of the folks who visit the nudist uh, colony up there in Reidsville or are part of this club in our region in yeah. Raleigh Durham, Chapel mm-hmm. Hill region that goes house to house and, and has these uh, naked parties. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, there the reaction could be, oh, that's just wrong. It's just not right. Yeah. God made us to wear clothes. Did he? Uh, <laughs> exactly right. Did he? I don't know. <laughs> right. So, but then like, well, you know, who cares what I think about that? Right. Right. What 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 is the experience yes. like? Yes. And w- in the experience, yeah. what do I see happening in the eyes and face and demeanor of the people who are like, you know, part of it. Right, right. Um, like with some of these um, great drag queens that I work with on the drag story, mm-hmm. Kayla Lachey, who performs in the Triangle all the time, mm-hmm. and Emery Star. They're just so talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to engage them in a conversation about, okay, how, how do I do this? How did you do it? Mm-hmm. You create this persona you know how their 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 face would just light up. Just that mm-hmm. is um, mm-hmm. is so such a privilege to be part of, and then to have them tell their story, and you get to go back in time with them. But then to actually see them do it, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. transform from Brandon into Kayla Lachey, like this superhero, yeah. and how that process happens, yeah. and and what lessons you can take yeah. from that in yeah. terms of like. Oh, well, we all kind of are building a persona. Sure, every day. Oh, oh, everybody is. Yeah, yeah, right, right, for sure. What do you What do you want to put on physically right, yeah. or metaphysically right. today? Yeah. that makes you the person you want to be. Absolutely. And and can you? How deep can you dive to find the courage to be the person that you want to be?
2: Yeah, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Into that, sister. I, I, I love that <laughs> approach to journalism. Like that approach to trying on something different in an attempt to like understand that possibility, like understand that lifestyle or just to try something new. Cause I think that, like, I think that, I think very existentially often that it's like, everyone's kind of like in this little bubble and these bubbles are happening like at a simultaneous time and like what's important to you has nothing to do with this person, but what's important to them has nothing to do with you. But yet it's equally as important. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's just, hard to wrap your mind around this happening billions of times all over the planet <laughs> at right. the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's very interesting approach to journalism to be able to, like, hey, let me leave my bubble. Let me enter your bubble yeah. and experience what's important to you, like, as a way of, like, just fact-finding, better understanding, like, maybe future possibilities. I right. don't know. Maybe right. you have a future in that. I don't know. Right. You know yeah, Exactly. But it's really interesting.
1: <laughs> I love that entering other— People's buzzle, uh, bubbles, yeah. and then there's this frontier of possibility there.
2: Mm-hmm. There is a frontier of possibility. Yeah. Absolutely. That was
1: very poetic. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to use <laughs> you that. You can use it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bubble Bubbles and merging bubbles yeah. and, and all that. And the the judgment thing is really important because, mm. like, I have a—like, doing these stories with Walter and Our State and things, I have a reaction to it, right, based on— whatever being gone to catholic school and being raised in chicago you know blue collar and then you know being in los angeles so i have a take on it yeah and to keep out my take on it yeah i mean Mm -hmm. i have a take on it, but i don't want to have a judgment about it i guess like i can explain how i feel about it but it's not my business to say whether it's good or bad you don't
2: have to label it good or bad it can just be
1: the labels yeah yeah yeah, exactly Mm -hmm. and like um It's interesting to, like, bounce the what I'm going through at that time around with other people, like, chiefly with my wife, but, like, friends, too, Mm -hmm. editors, like, when I went, the first part of the the nude story was going to the house parties in the Triangle. The photographer and yeah, I Yeah, and I'm like, what are the cleaning
2: there. protocols here? That's the <laughs> yeah, first right. That's thing I'm thinking about is, straight. like, I'm really confused. <laughs> is, is there, like, a strict cleaning policy? Do you stay on your spe- section of the sofa? Like, yeah. what happens?
1: <laughs> you have to have a towel. So oh, you have to have a have towel. To have there a you towel. go. Okay. So the only yeah, thing know. that— The only garment, <laughs> the only fabric, you know, that you're supposed to have with you is the towel. And that this takes care of that. groundbreaking information. And, and allows for you, like, to move around. You yeah, know, okay, okay, good to know. I went sort to of the house parties, and then I was— I was supposed to go, the photographer Brian Regan and I, Brian's a fantastic photographer, and he does the morning views on Facebook here in the Triangle uh, every day where he gets out and takes a, yeah. some kind of stunning shot somewhere. He's great. But then we had to go to the nudist colony uh, near Greensboro.
0: Mm.
1: And I, was, I just was not into it. Like, yeah. I just didn't want to go. I said like, I can write the story. I was at the naked party. Like, I don't have to go to the nudist colony. Mm-hmm. And Lucy was like, well... Well, yeah, sure you do. It's going to be totally different. Like, yeah. you know, being in a little in a room with s- some people in that situation is going to be way different than being out, like... Where they live. Y- y- yeah, yeah, that's right. Outdoors, lake, yeah. mosquitoes, mosquitoes. At, you know, sporting activity. Yeah. It's going right. to be totally different. Of course you have to go. You know, and so... And then we, then that's, we went, and that's kind of what unlocked the story was the people we met there. Mm-hmm. Again, I was like... I had been out there for, like, a couple hours. Yeah. And I was like... There are mosquitoes. I didn't bring sunscreen. Mm. Like, uh, Mm I've been out naked in this field for a long time. Yeah, And I was like, you know, (laughs) told the photographer, okay, we're leaving now. Yeah. He said, well, okay, but I just took a picture of that couple right over there. And I didn't think I saw you talk to them. So maybe you should go talk to them. No, let's just go. (laughs) He's like, no, I, I took a really good picture. So could you please go talk to them? Okay, fine. So I go over and talk to this fella and his wife. And his name is Dwayne. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm tired. I'm like, well, so Dwayne, you know, what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm a long distance trucker. And I said, okay, well, you know, it must be kind of a drag that you have to be dressed. You know, you, you gotta get dressed and be in your truck for weeks and weeks when you would prefer to be nude. I don't get dressed in the truck. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm naked in the truck. So you know that yeah. becomes the lead of the story. Yeah. I mean, how is that not the you know the here's yeah. the guy and he's driving his truck right, perhaps right past you on I ninety five and nothing Wait, but minute. his tattoos. Yeah. yeah, and then we talk some more and and I'm like, so have you always been the naked trucker? No, I was a sheriff's deputy for mm. decades. Like, yeah, really. Yeah. So now I've got someone who's at uh, right. who's become a nudist who comes out of this yeah. legacy of law-abiding, and as establishment as you could get, Mm -hmm. the police force, so then how did you become a nudist? Because when I would get home from being a sheriff's deputy, I had seen so many terrible things day in and day out. I saw people in terrible situations. I saw people doing terrible things, and all day long, it would pile up on me. Mm. Like it was a physical, like every bad thing was another physical thing I had to carry. And when I came home, I started taking off everything as soon as I got home. And I didn't want to put on any, I wanted to be relieved of everything, of mm-hmm. everything that uniform meant to me. I wanted it to be gone. And I was started being at my home without any clothes on. And then I realized this is how I'm happiest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I had no idea that I was going to find that. I was so happy I found that and was able to share that with other people. Everyone who comments on that story, well, there's like three or four questions, as you can imagine. But he's always in there. Mm -hmm. Like, God, that was so touching about Dwayne. Mm -hmm. And it made me see law enforcement in a different way. God, these guys, maybe that cop right over there feels like at 2 in the afternoon, he's seen enough that he's got, like, You know a mountain he's carrying around
0: right yeah i can only imagine that and i think it's so relatable mm-hmm. like even though i don't necessarily want to go live in a nudist colony but sometimes you feel that way and it is that's it is very like there's like that i can like you're saying and i can like visually see like that pile and like when you get mm-hmm. home you just like you just take it off right yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so i'm sure it is very
2: freeing there in that greensboro nudist colony it probably was very different (laughs) i imagine like a different comfort level than a raleigh house party because you're kind of changing your persona when you walk in that door and here they're just kind of you're walking into their atmosphere there's just them you know what i
0: mean Mm -hmm. yeah like it's very different i would imagine very different yeah yeah so i have a kind of a might be a hard question but what would you say is your biggest uh like personal growth you've had like starting this kind of experiential journalism
1: I think it is how wonderful it is to put aside what I think about something mm-hmm. what my opinion is. Mm-hmm. When when I was in Los Angeles, you know, we did the Joan stuff. I mean, you know, that was all about having a hot take uh, yes. <laughs> on Gwyneth Paltrow's outfit or uh, or that crazy tuxedo that Brad Pitt wore that year, you mm-hmm. know. It was all about hot takes and to a point that you all have made the culture has become more about hot takes, Mm -hmm. like to say, God, there's something so sacred about, um, people and their souls and their hopes and dreams. My hot take has nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter one bit in Mm -hmm. the universe compared to trying to reach someone and like, and, and figure out what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, over the last uh, five or six years when I really mm. started doing a lot of this.
2: Yeah.
1: God, it's been wonderful.
2: Yeah, I love that.
1: And, uh, you know, on the marketing side with GBW Strategies, uh, it it comes in super handy, that that kind of like being able to put away my hot take. Mm. Because in marketing and what I do in the PR side of it, to be able to see all the sides of things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have a client and our client feels super passionately that say ride sharing is the future going back and going back a decade or so mm-hmm. like feels like no matter what the regulations are, no matter what people think about, you know, taxis is the way that you you get around if you don't have your own vehicle or the bus.
2: Mm. Oh well, I remember how I felt about Uber early on. I thought yeah. that was the craziest thing I had ever
1: heard. <laughs> right, right. Ever. So you know you have a client who feels strongly that ride sharing is everything that it's good for people just to get from place to place and it's good for the economy. Okay, well, I'm signing on to tell that story to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have to, like, think about, like...
2: Do I want my daughter to get into this car? Yeah, exactly.
1: That, that's no, perfect. no, I don't. Perfect. Do I want my daughter yes. to do it? From a regulator's point of view, like, wait a minute. I, I'm, well, Whoa, I'm a bureaucrat whose job it is to mm-hmm. keep millions of people <laughs> safe. Right. Like, wait a second. So um, to be able to say my client's hot take or more considered take over years and years, whatever their take is important. And we're Mm going to tell that story and we're going to tell that story more effectively because we're going to understand the whole universe of other opinions. And in the stories that we choose to tell with the the content and the tone, Mm -hmm. we're going to be able to address people's concerns, uh, what their wants and needs are before they're able to accept this idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's Seems. such. It is such a hard skill. It is so hard to do that. And like even just even in, in like where what our industry is, like in hospitality, mm. you have to be able to look at all sides of things. You know, like we have many a conversations. Like we'll do something, we'll make an improvement at the Bradford, and ninety five percent of the people love it, but then five percent don't like it. And yeah. Courtney's like, I don't understand why it's better, and she's like <laughs> going off on a rant about it. And I was like, because they had this idea in their mind, right? And they've already. Picked the flowers. Like, maybe it's a type A person. Maybe it's somebody who has been planning this for two years and they had this vision in their head, and you've just changed their vision. Whether it's a, in our mind, it should be a better vision because we've made it better. In their mind, you've just like effed up their whole wedding, right? right. (laughs) So you have to approach it from the other side and say, okay, like, I understand where you're coming from. And I get that this isn't exactly what you wanted. And here's how we can fix it, or here's what we can do, or whatever the case may be, as opposed to just saying, like, this is like how I feel like you should fall in line because I feel this way. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, and it's, and it's hard because especially when you're talking about something personal, right. And we're talking about a business and you're like, well, why doesn't everybody love this idea? Like everyone should love this idea. It's a great idea. you are like, well, but you're going to have these people that are going to have all these concerns and have all these feelings and emotions behind it. And you have to be able to look at that. And it's one of the things that we find the hardest hiring people mm. Because they don't understand that multifaceted thing. Like all they can see, especially when you're talking about, you know, not, I mean, we love our people, our employees and not to knock young 20 year olds, but (laughs) 22 year olds have a really hard time standing outside of themselves and saying, this isn't about me. Like they're not talking to me. Like they're not mad at me. There's all these other things that are going on around them. And I have to be able to look at that and say, okay. This dad isn't upset about the cake. He's just upset that he's giving away his baby girl. Oh
1: right. Beautiful. That's yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. To be able to see the truth in the yes. in the emotion. Yes. Well, so that is really interesting. How do you um you must spend some time with the clients, like getting to know them, mm-hmm. like so you understand that vision and and sort of the emotional underpinnings of what that vision is. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. Like as a planner. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's our our job is to put Practicality to somebody else's vision and make sure that it gets as close as possible to accomplishing all the goals that they set forth for whatever that event might be. Right.
0: But it's also just like fully understanding who they who they are too, and not, and it's not just the clients. A lot of times it's whoever their stakeholders in it, yeah. right? So a lot right. of times the stakeholders are the parents, parents. and so mm. it's it's understanding like what do they want and and what does the client the couple want, and sometimes those clash. So how can you make this an enjoyable experience for everybody, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's trying to think, and it's, and it's been helpful being a parent, right? Cause I can put myself in the mother's shoes. Okay. If this was my daughter. Like, how would I feel in this moment? Like what, what, what are some things I want to make sure? Like I always make sure that if the parents are out. Like I go get them and say, Hey, they're going to cut the cake in 15 minutes. I know you're probably going to want to see this. Right, right. Right. Where, as opposed to just saying like, Oh, it was on the timeline. You should have just known. Like. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's understanding the whole, the whole picture of it in it, but it's, it's a hard skill. I mean, it's definitely, it's not, sometimes it's teachable. You can teach them key things like you can teach people. Like these are things you can look out for, but a lot of it's just experience. It's understanding other people and being able to put yourself in other people's shoes and have that empathy, which I think not everybody has.
2: And also like for, especially when you're talking about hospitality and weddings in particular, it's like this business transaction that's wrapped in emotion, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It's all, everything's very emotionally driven at that point. So I think being able to you know, navigate what people are saying through emotion and being able to understand the emotional state, but not necessarily kowtow to it. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's important.
1: That's tough
0: skill. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. But I think yeah.
0: marketing can be really similar to that,
2: though. Yeah, I, I think f- marketing's is emotional. I think it's yeah. emotional. And For you're, sure.
0: you're, you're, that's what you're doing is you're trying to play on people's emotions whether it's happy, sad, outrage or whatever. Trying uh, to get that,
1: trying to, try, trying to trying work to get that, that response in that, yeah, in that, yeah. in that response. Yeah. So that there, there's that emotional connection yeah. to your product or right. your service or you as a personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because if it's just about pros and cons, like yeah. a mm-hmm. cold clinical list of pros and cons, that's just an intellectual exercise that yeah. evaporates as soon as the product or the service meets whatever... Uh, well, you must have done a great job with
2: that Uber because, I mean, I felt very strongly about Uber when that concept first came out. I was like, I am not getting in the car with a random stranger who's <laughs> driving. I don't even know their but driving it's like the record. It's the same thing as a
0: taxi. It's not yeah, any different. But they're like
2: insured yeah. and it seems like they have like, yeah. you know, these... corporation behind them and like there's some kind of tracking device and retribution yeah. if something were to happen. And that was just the way that everyone knew. Like that's just right. what how things were. Yeah. Right. But like. Uber has had some issues with some random people driving that were, you know, did not turn out well.
1: And then you have to get, when that happens, you've got to be right there to mm-hmm. address it, right? Because yeah. because you don't want folks to get deeper into a suspicion. Sure. You want to be there to acknowledge what happened and mm-hmm. say, we're going to do everything to make it right for this person and yeah. we're going to do everything to make sure it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. We're working really hard on it. Here is how we're working really yeah. hard mm-hmm. on it. Right. Yeah. So to, to show your work, to show, to show your feeling of empathy mm-hmm. and then to show your practical hard work about here's, here's how we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again.
0: Yeah. yeah. What but. do you, what do you say like inspires you? Like how do you keep that creativity going? Thinking about like these like, how do you think about what's the next thing I'm going to immerse myself into? Like, what kind of gets you going?
1: I, I think, like, probably like you guys, because you're doing this podcast. Like, you have mm-hmm. venture after venture. Mm-hmm. I just hate to be bored. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: um, and that not necessarily, like, I need to be out doing things. Mm-hmm. But intellectually, like, I just w- always want to be thinking about mm-hmm. something different mm-hmm. and learning something new and Having something really interesting to talk to Lucy about or my parents about or my kids about, God because the world just seems so big.
0: It is it's, it's so big, so
1: big and beautiful and like uh, all the bubbles out there, to your earlier phrase, floating around and all the colors and cultures and traditions and like, God, I only have like, I don't know, maybe hopefully maybe eighty years mm-hmm. or something to like experience all that. And I, know. I don't really know what's next. Mm-hmm. You know, I am interested in that. Like, what's next? Like, that's something maybe it'll be a story. But I only have like maybe eighty physical years mm. to 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 experience all that. And like, oh, how can you know? I just got it.
2: I
0: feel that go, so deeply. Go. Yeah,
2: I do. I I've told Dan before. I'm like, sometimes it's like, and especially at this area in our business, and we've been presented opportunities. It's kind of like this like smorgasbord in front of you, and you're like what am I going to choose to do now? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I did that. I did that. I did that. What's the next thing. Right. Yeah. And, um, we recently, we've talked about this on the podcast. I've started teaching a class at Meredith college.
0: Yeah.
2: And I remember like when we were talking to the director and they were like, well, we'd love for you to teach this class. And it all came through. And I like looked at Dane and I was like, what is this life? Like literally <laughs> like not in a million years yeah. would I have thought that there would be an opportunity that be presented that would land me as a college professor wow. in some, and I have a degree in biology. So that's even <laughs> sh- more strange. And has a degree in chemistry right. that it's like, life's amazing. Like if you just open yourself up to the opportunity, like keep that curiosity going and just choose the next thing. You know, yeah. I think it, you just don't know where it's going to end. And I just, I feel that deeply, like I only have this amount of time, but I want to experience it all.
1: Right. Right? You no, know. I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah. I'm signing up for that class. All what right. Was it? Yes. HOS, <laughs> HOS
2: 320. Yeah. It sounds good. Interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's after events. this at two o'clock. So if you <laughs> want I'll to come just along, go with you. Yeah. yeah, can I ride with sure, you? Absolutely. Sure, absolutely. Or we can take an Uber. Yeah. You can yeah, take, take an Uber. <laughs> I have been in multiple Ubers at this point, but I do remember at some point thinking, I would never do that. I would never. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I am product of good advertising and marketing. All mm-hmm. right. You've yeah, done your job. So, we like to ask this question, just kind of winding down here, like in all of your fun, fun journey. Did you ever have like an oh shit moment where you were like, oh shit, like, what am I doing? I've gotten myself in too deep. Like, how am I getting out? Or I've made a wrong move.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going for those. Yeah, think you're going for not Not in my work. Uh, you know, in, yeah. when I'm marketing and it's on the PR hat is on. Yeah. Not no, for we're, other we're clients. avoiding all those, oh, right. know, oh my God moments. But then when I do the, journalism like Mm -hmm. i'm kind of going for like getting into that that spot where it's like i don't really want to go to the nudist colony like well i gotta explore why i really don't want to go doing the drag thing Mm -hmm. you know there was like a lot of moments where you know like now i could just be right you know doing a million other things Mm -hmm, than doing this and so i had you know all sorts of moments when when doing the pro wrestling thing and it ended up in a fracas in the ring you know as it should and uh and this uh, one of the wrestlers like a real wrestler he like looked at me like he was going to come at me i was like uh no don't come at me you know I was just thinking, like, <laughs> don't do that but then he started coming at me like low down and like you look like he hunched over like he was going to like hit me in the stomach and i thought okay i could probably take that i'll just bend with the shoulder and he yeah. wasn't coming fast and you're, you're, there's this big show going on around you. There's all these people who I've worked so hard to get mad and get screaming leading up to this moment. I can't bail on it now. Right. Like, we have yeah. to see what's going to happen next. And then he comes into me, and I still have, like, a cracked rib. Like, I still, mm. when I swim, if I swim too many laps, that rib that he hit so gingerly. Wow. It still bothers me. Wow. So, like, I am going for that when mm-hmm. I when I do the story. Like, how am I going to get so unco- want to get uncomfortable, make it an interesting story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, how am I going to survive it without survive like, it? the cracked rib? <laughs> but I guess maybe what I've learned from that is like, you know, it's not so bad. Like,
2: mm-hmm. you these, survived these,
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> these terrible moments of like, oh my god, get through it, and you end up sort of richer for it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that you're chasing after them. I think that's a a really neat thing. Because life's
1: going to give them to you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, for all these like 22-year-olds that you're hiring, for Uh all these late teenagers that you might be teaching over at Meredith, Uh Mm -hmm. we, as older folks, know Oh, it's coming. Life is coming at you like that wrestler in the face paint, man. So you kind of (laughs) got to learn to lean into it and take, take the good from all of it.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I like, it's like the AJR song. That's like a hundred bad days makes a hundred good stories. Yes, you know what I, I mean. i was thinking about it's, it's that. It's so song true. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: like all right. All these bad days I have some great stories from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything coming down the pipeline right now? Anything that you are super yeah. excited about?
1: Uh, yeah, there's going to be some a lot more of the first person stories uh, okay. in mm-hmm. Walter and, okay. and maybe other places. In so Walter. keep an eye out. Some some fun stories coming in our state magazine, which is mm. beautiful magazine yeah. covers all of North Carolina, and uh, God, it's just so. So uh, fun to look at because of the colors yeah. and the stories uh, and all that. The The business is rolling along and we get lots of interesting clients all the time. A yeah. lot of them are in crisis management, which mm. um, is always super interesting to work with. You learn a lot about people yeah, and yeah. about um, dealing with people's emotions and, and trying to find a good outcome. Mm-hmm. And the band, the Floating Children. Yeah, which yeah. Floating Children. You know, the uh too Fool for Cool, Thrift Shop, Glam Rock, Circus of Sound since nineteen eighty six. Hopefully, we'll be back on stage uh, soon. All right, uh, yeah. tons of fun. And then my wonderful wife, Lucy Inman, who I've mentioned a couple times. She's a judge on the Court of Appeals. She's running for the North Carolina Supreme Court. Okay. She is. So look for Lucy oh, on your ballot yeah. uh, in two thousand. Yeah, in November.
0: In
2: November, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. I've never met a Lucy I didn't like. There's something about the name. (laughs) We're going to use that in the
1: stump speech. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Thanks everyone for gathering with us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Billy, we are drinking a Mezcal Negroni. We hope we get the chance to make it this week and cheers to staying curious. To learn more and connect with Billy, you can find him on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram at Billy Warden. And you can learn more about GBW Strategies by visiting gbwstrategies.com.
2: And to learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at c Events, at the Bradford NC, and at Hustle and & Gather. And if you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com.
0: Also, if you love us and you love this show, we would be more than honored if you left us a rating and a review.
2: This podcast is a production of EarFluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle & Gather.